63 down, 302 to go. My name is Chris. This is at a theater near me, the podcast where I go to the movie theaters every single day for an entire year. Today, we're going to be talking about The Batman, as well as the 2022 Oscar nominated shorts in the animation category. But let's be frank here. We're going to be talking all things The Batman. This will be a spoiler free uh, review. So if you haven't seen the movie, that's okay. I promise I won't give anything away. But I will also be ranking the top 10 or the 10 live action Batman films in order from worst to best. Uh, obviously include the new movie in there, as well as talking about budget month. And uh, AMC is doing some interesting stuff as far as pricing the Batman movie out. So I want to kind of have that discussion as well. But before we go any further, I want to tell you folks about the amazing popcorn at Popped Gourmet Popcorn. Popped has a store in Salem, but they also have an online store at popstores.com. It has over 100 flavors available. They have a full-time chef, comes up with new and creative flavors each week. They offer bulk popcorn, corporate gifts, wedding bags, and more. They can do almost anything, any size, and best of all, they can ship anywhere. They sent me over a bunch of flavors to try. I know I spoke about uh, the salt and vinegar popcorn last episode. I'm just finishing that bag up. That was sensational. That was my favorite so far. The Chicago style, which is that mix of caramel and orange cheddar. That was really good too. Uh, They have a bunch of flavors. Go check it out. It's the perfect option for me when I get home. Now that concessions month is over. But if you go to poppedstores.com, that's poppedstores.com, and use the promo code Movies with Chris, so all one word, Movies with Chris, C H R I S, you will save twenty five percent off your entire order. That's Movies with Chris uh, at poppedstores.com. Just go check out their flavors right now. I guarantee they're gonna have something there that you like. There's so many options. Uh, they're a great gift. Go check it out. Popstores.com. Okay. Let's talk the Batman, or let's at least talk about the my ten the ten Batman live action movies. So just for the sake of this discussion here, I'm not going to include Batman: Mask of the Phantasm, which is an animated movie. It came out, I think, believe in '94 or '95. It's actually very good. Uh, go if you, especially if you like Batman the animated series. Uh, go check that out. And I'm not including Justice League or Suicide Squad or anything where Batman, you know, has a really a smaller role. This is you know Batman focused movies. Number ten. Batman and Robin. Uh, This is one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, This came out in 1997. This is the fourth uh, movie in kind of the, well, I guess the second movie in the Joel Schumacher um, era. I know, obviously, he followed up the two Tim Burton movies. Uh, This is an example of what happens when you make some changes that are relatively well-received and you think people want more of those same changes. So, uh, obviously, we had Batman Forever came out a couple years earlier. He directed that. That got a, a cinematography uh, Oscar nomination. And people at the time, believe it or not, uh, when Batman Forever came out, people liked that a lot. And really, uh, the you know, fan opinion uh, and critical opinion was this was a much more enjoyable Batman film than Batman Returns, which is a very dark movie with uh, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, that movie wasn't as well received. So people really kind of enjoyed kind of the comic book and the very light energy that Batman Forever had. So Schumacher took that and just amped it up and made this into like this big, colorful, ridiculous, incredibly campy movie that just was just bizarre. Uh, I definitely recommend if you haven't seen it, it's a must watch. It is, I said, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's completely horrible. Um, Batman and Robin, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, 
Uma Thurman is completely out of place as Poison Ivy. There's even a Bane. Uh, if, you know, if you've obviously seen the Chris Nolan movies, you've seen Bane. Bane makes a bizarre appearance in this movie. You have Chris O'Donnell as Robin, a completely miscast Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl. It is, it's just a nightmare. And on top of it, you have George Clooney, who, who is a very good actor. He's obviously a really talented guy. You know, he's been nominated for Academy Awards for direction and uh, screenwriting. And obviously he's won for acting. But he's not a campy guy, and to have him be this campy hero just doesn't work. Where, you know, Batman Forever had Jim Carrey, and he was able to kind of make some of that comedy or some of the ridiculousness kind of work because it's just his energy, where that's just not George Clooney. And Schwarzenegger was just kind of corny and weird, uh, but then Uma Thurman is also kind of in that George Clooney camp where she, she's more serious. She's not going to... Uh, be this ridiculous presence on screen. The movie is a total failure. And it, 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 you know, it took years for Chris Nolan to get his Batman vision back on the screen because people, people, you know, Hollywood is allergic to Batman after Batman and Robin. Lost a shitload of money. Like I said, it completely tanked the franchise. It, it was just, it was a complete disaster. So Batman and Robin number 10, uh, I doubt that will ever be topped. I, I can't imagine in my lifetime there'll be a Batman movie out worse than that. You know, you, you talk about the worst superhero movies ever. You have that. Uh, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, is incredibly bad. The original Suicide Squad is, is very bad uh, with Will Smith, but I have to say Superman 4 and Batman and Robin are in a league of their own. Number nine, Batman vs. Superman. This is awful. Um, another bad movie. So this is, these are the two bad movies uh, I, would, I would put in the, in the Batman collection of this top 10 here. I don't like the Zack Snyder era of DC. Uh, I thought Justice League was, was not a good movie. I didn't really like Man of Steel, although that was probably the best of that group. I don't think I'm a Zack Snyder fan. Um, Watchmen is okay, but when you consider how great the graphic novel is, it's a real it's a real step back from that, the movie itself. Visually, it's very entertaining, but he has a real issue with connecting actors and the performances they give with the material, uh, and also kind of what he's trying to get across the audience. It's always a very dark moody film and that seems to take precedence over everything else it's kind of the ambiance is the most important thing in the world to Zack snyder as opposed to an interesting story or good performances that movie famously has the conclusion where batman and superman uh stop killing each other because they realize their mothers have the same name just sitting down and thinking about that for a couple seconds you realize how ridiculous that is so when you figure that warner brothers and Zack snyder are spending 200 million dollars making a movie that has that same conclusion and you just wonder what the thought process was. And I know that movie studios for a long time look down on comic book movies. It's, oh, we'll just, you know, same thing that happened with Batman and Robin. It doesn't matter how stupid it is. Just push it out. These idiots will go watch it. I mean, to some extent, they're right. I mean, all of these movies I'm mentioning all made over $100 million. Even Batman and Robin back in 97 still made $100 million. Batman vs. Superman had a huge opening weekend. Um, one of the biggest ever. Uh, so, I mean, th these these movies, there are, there is a group of people, including myself, honestly, that will go out. I saw both those movies in the movie theater. You know, there's only so many bad movies in a row you'll see before you do take a step back. That's not a good movie. Uh, and Ben Affleck was a pretty good Batman. Uh, I feel like they really wasted him. He's an older Batman, which I, which I liked because we haven't seen an older Batman too often. And he's a very good actor. I thought he did a fine job. I just think the material was so weak that I don't know if anyone could have risen about that. 
Number eight, Batman Forever. I know I talked about this a bit already. Uh, Jim Carrey is the Riddler, just kind of this wacky presence. He was fine. I mean, he fits that Joel Schumacher uh, vision pretty well. But Tommy Lee Jones is Two-Face, was just horrible casting. I mean, he didn't really know what he was doing there. You could tell, I guess on set, he was also just as confused as he looked in the actual movie. Val Kilmer was a very good Batman, a very good Bruce Wayne. It's a really good casting coming off Michael Keaton, who is more comedic, but also has kind of that dark energy. Val Kilmer came out as more of kind of a blank slate of sorts. And it's like, oh, I'll focus more on the playboy element. But because Val Kilmer is a really intense actor, you can also buy him as, as Batman. Uh, that, was a, that was a good casting. And I think Batman and Robin would have been better served with Val Kilmer instead of Clooney, obviously. But he still wouldn't have saved the movie. But that movie is not very good. But I wouldn't call Batman Forever bad. And I wouldn't call my number seven movie on this list Batman 1966 Bat either. This is the one with Adam West. So obviously, you know, you probably know this show, the 1966 to 1968 Batman TV show ran on ABC. When it came out, it was a monster hit. It ran, it was on twice a week. And for a couple of years, it was a giant sensation. People just kind of like who wants to be a millionaire. People just got sick of it. Like two nights a week with a show like this, that's very formulaic. It just, it's only, it's going to have a very short shelf life. Uh, and then by 1968, it went off the air. In fact, interesting note about that show, NBC came in and said, all right, ABC canceled it. No problem. We'll, we'll, we'll run it. Uh, you know, it does still have enough of an audience. We'll, we'll run it. But what they didn't know was ABC had already destroyed all the sets. And NBC is like, listen, we're not going to make an investment on all those sets. So they just let, they let it go. But had ABC kept the sets, we would have gotten a fourth season from that show, which would have been really profitable for them because that show ended up getting sold into syndication and made a ton of money. And that's how I saw it in the 80s. Uh, growing up in New York, it ran on Channel 11 in New York, uh, which was like our channel. If you grew up in Boston, if you know, like Channel 38 or Channel 56, we had WPIX Channel 11. And uh, I would watch Batman every day after school. And I loved it. It was my favorite show as a kid. If you watch it as a kid, you really believe the seriousness of what they're getting into. But if you watch it as an adult, you can see how funny the performances are because it's all, it's campy. It's, it's a ridiculous premise. It's a whole thing. It's just a silly situation. Um, so it is enjoyable on both levels. It's, I, I think it's a very, very, very good show. Uh, the TV book written by Alan Seppenwall and Matt Zoller Zeist. They both had Batman, the 1966 uh, TV show in, in their top 100 shows of all time. And I, I put it there as well. I think it's a fantastic show. The movie, however, doesn't quite work. And the reason it doesn't is it's so focused on plot. See, with the TV show, they knew the plot was ridiculous. So they would bring on guest stars to play the supervillains and the guest stars were being ridiculous and everyone's just having fun at just how silly all this is but the movie i don't know what happened here exactly i don't know if they felt pressure because it needs to be 90 minutes but the plot itself really took charge and because of that it, it lost a lot of the silliness that the tv show had the other thing was in the batman 66 movie you had four bad guys you had penguin catwoman riddler and the joker and it just was too crowded um no one was really able to shine or be goofy or wacky enough you kind of had the four of them almost fighting for for airtime uh also in the tv show catwoman was famously played by julia newmar and later eartha kitt but in the movie she was played by lee merriweather who would never play catwoman again uh and she just wasn't a fun enough actress, I don't think, for the role. Um, even though she might have been a better actress than Julie Newmar, but Julie Newmar in that role was perfect. And, uh, you know, it's, it's tough when you have to kind of fill in shoes of someone who's just doing the role so well. What happened was Julie Newmar 
couldn't do the 1966 Batman. She was uh, already obligated to do a, a film with, it was Ewell Brenner. It's called McKenna's Gold, which was supposed to be a giant box office hit. It was end up being a huge bomb. When she saw that they were going to take a break for between season one and season two, she's like, all right, I'll go do that movie. But what she didn't know was Batman had become such a monster hit. They rushed this movie into production and she had already obligated, uh, been obligated to do that, that McKenna's Gold. Um, the movie itself wasn't a huge hit. It made some money, um, but it wasn't at all a monster hit. It made a lot more money when they sold it into cable uh, later on in the 70s and 80s and even into the 90s um, than it would when it came out. Number six, The Batman. So this is the one that just came out last week. This is a step above Batman 66, and this is a step above Batman Forever as well. Um, but it's not great. I, I didn't love this movie. I'm going to end up giving it a B minus. It just didn't have any humanity to it. It was just a dark plotting film. It's three hours long. And in a lot of ways, it's just a ripoff of the movie seven. Um, instead of it being Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, we have Robert Pattinson as Batman and we have Jeffrey Wright as commissioner Gordon, or in this case, I believe he's like Lieutenant Gordon. He's not quite the commissioner yet. It's a beautifully shot movie. The score is fantastic. Uh, they use Nirvana, a Nirvana song very well. Um, there's some things in this movie that I, I haven't seen in movies before. There's some really good action sequences. Um, there's a, a good car chase with the Batmobile. Colin Farrell as Penguin is was the highlight for me. I wish we could have seen a lot more of him in the movie. Uh, he's fantastic. He's very, very, very good. He's very funny. You can't, you won't even be able to recognize him. The makeup on him is, is fantastic. Uh, and he's great. He's really good. Uh, and Pattinson's a fine Batman. He's kind of a mopey Batman. Like he, he he's just kind of like he's bitching uh, or kind of being grumpy to Alfred, kind of treating him almost like a like a pain in the ass. Where if you look at the Nolan Batmans, and this is so wild, and I'm going to say a Nolan movie has has uh, more humanity than somebody else's movie. But the Nolan movie Batman movies do have more humanity. You have Michael Caine as Alfred. Michael Caine's so so human. That's what makes him so successful. He's so he can be so funny so easily. He's such a a warm presence on screen. And you also had Morgan Freeman uh, as Lucius Fox. And that character was very light and fun. And, and he, you know, Bale himself, he's so focused and driven, but even he was having a better time than almost anybody in this Batman movie is. Um, you know, and if everyone's just kind of miserable all the time, it's, it's, it, it's tough. It's a tough ride to go on. Um, the story itself, it, it's fine. Um, some people say it's way too simple. Some people say it's way too complicated. I think it's somewhere in the middle. It, it, it wasn't, it's not the best Batman story ever written. It's taking bits and pieces from a number of Batman comics, including The Long Halloween, which is a better story itself. Also some stuff from the Batman comics the last couple of years as well. Zoe Kravitz is, is very charismatic as Catwoman. She does a nice job. Paul Dano is the Riddler. I think he's fine. You have, you know, it's a good cast. John Totoro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis is Alfred. It's a, it's a smaller role than I would have expected. It, it's, it's good. It, it's all right. Um, I, I didn't walk away incredibly impressed. I mean, I'll go and see the sequel in the theaters when it comes out, obviously, but I'm not in a huge rush to see it. Honestly, when I got home, what I wanted to do was I wanted to go watch the Nolan Batman movies again. I, I really just enjoy those a lot more. So uh, all in all, I'd say I was definitely disappointed by this movie, but it wasn't terrible. Um, and there's some real talent there. Matt Reeves is, is a good director. There's a lot of skill 
and care that's on the screen here, it's just way too long and just way too depressing. Like we get it. It's rainy and dark in Gotham. You know, everyone's kind of miserable. I mean, you, you, I get it. You can still play with that a little bit and still do some things that aren't as miserable. Uh, so all in all, B minus for me for this movie. Um, it's the best movie I've seen come out so far from 2022. It's a little better than the Scream sequel, um, but I'm guessing hopefully soon enough that will be eclipsed. I did want to talk about AMC charging more money for Batman tickets. So it looks like AMC across the board has been charging an extra dollar fifty at their cinemas to go see the Batman. And it sounds like Regal Cinemas is doing the same kind of thing. Um, I saw some people kind of compare this to maybe getting better seats at at a baseball game. Like, for instance, like let's say you go to the Mets game, uh, it's equivalent to getting seats right behind home plate as opposed to the bleachers. I don't think that's a great comp. Like, that would be a good comp if I was talking about what Showcase is doing with the Lux theaters, where unless you pay a premium, you have to sit in the first three rows. I think a better comp for this is like, let's say you're a Mets fan, you're going to have to pay more money for when the Dodgers or the Yankees come to town than you would if the Pirates or Reds were in town. And I mean, I understand why they're doing it. Obviously, movie theaters are struggling, especially, you know, even before COVID, they were struggling. Um, the only movies that are making any money right now are ten, you know, ten pole movies. So I'm, I'm assuming you're going to see the same strategy roll out with Marvel movies. Um, if Star Wars movies comes back, you know, those kind of giant movies, you're going to see this more and more. My question is, how long are they going to do this for? So is it just opening weekend? Is it just the first couple weekends it's open? Like how long are they going to have this premium on tickets? And is this going to change how the public goes and sees movies? Are, are people who are on a tighter budget going to be like, you know what? I'm going to wait until week five to see the Batman because I don't want to spend that extra couple bucks. Or is it going to help out independent theaters that maybe won't charge this and can advertise that? I mean, hey, look, we, we're not going to charge uh, a surcharge to come see Batman. Come see it at our smaller theater instead of AMC or instead of, of Regal. I don't think this is going to make a huge difference either way. Batman is making monster money right now. I, I don't, I can't imagine too many people are going to be scared off by a dollar fifty charge, um, especially if it's a special movie. Like, you know, Batman's a big deal to a lot of people. It's not like going to see just a, a, a you know, standard rom com, especially a movie like Batman, where you know they spend a lot of money on the movie and it's all on the screen. Like I said there's some really impressive set pieces in this movie. It's three hours long. You definitely feel like you're getting your money's worth. You know, would that be the case if it's a movie that maybe isn't as isn't as expensive to make or isn't as anticipated. Uh, but maybe that's where they're going to, you know, not have the charge roll after those movies. The other question I had was, are you, are they going to do the opposite thing? Are they going to then maybe if a movie is in its week nine or 10 of release, will you drop those prices? Um, so if a movie is not very attractive, would they make that ticket price even cheaper? Uh, I haven't read anything at all saying they're going to go that direction. They also, neither AMC nor Regal has committed to doing this beyond any movies besides the Batman, but the writing is on the wall. And the fact that people don't seem to really care, at least the ones that I'm, I'm not seeing a lot of people complaining about that, uh, whether it be online or in any of these stories. So I imagine this is going to keep, keep happening. So um, certainly something to watch. I will say for my budget though, uh, I have the AMC uh, pass as well as the Regal, and it it didn't affect either of those. It did not. You know, I didn't have to pay a dollar fifty, for instance, to go see the Batman extra or whatever. It was just it was rolled into my my subscription plan, so uh, that made no difference to me. But my budget does make a difference. It's a huge deal right now, and the good news is uh, it's cheaper than it's been. In a, my budget rather has been lower than it's been in a while. Uh, I'm up now to twenty three eighty one is what I've spent so far, which is thirty seven seventy nine a day. 
And get this, I'm down to $13,795 if we did that day every day for a whole year. So I was in the 14s, I'm down to the 13s now. Uh, look, going to see a movie every day is a tough task, both logistically and financially. Luckily, with the help of Tom Treshock from CNA Financial Group, you can reduce your worry about the financial planning portion. Tom's approach helps show your big financial picture and finds ways to build income and protect wealth, all while maintaining your current way of life. To schedule a meeting with Tom to find out more, give him a call at 732-403-7747. Once again, that's 732-403-7747 to book your meeting. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PS. Securities, products, and advisory services offered to PS, member FINRA, SIPC. CNA Financial Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS. Okay, let's get into the top five Batman movies of all time. Number five. Batman Returns. This is just a little bit better than the Batman. I put this almost in the same tier. This is the, the sequel to Batman with Michael Keaton. This has, like I said, Michelle Pfeiffer as the Catwoman. We have Dana DeVito as the Penguin. We have a great Christopher Walken performance here as Max Shrek. He's, he's really good. Uh, this is a, a really fun movie. It's, it's, I think it's funny. Michelle Pfeiffer is excellent as, as Catwoman. When that movie came out, she did not get nominated for an Academy Award and people were really shocked. People just thought that performance was was quite good. I did a rewatch of this uh, for Quantum Week. Um, so you can go back and listen to that episode. It's not as good as I remembered it. I, I didn't love it as much as I did when I was a kid. The holes in the plot are more pronounced the older you get, and especially if you're watching them from a more modern eye. If you find that Danny DeVito just being a disgusting character, if you find that entertaining, then this movie will still hold up for you. If you just find that Danny DeVito being gross is kind of a stupid shtick, then it's not going to work for you. Um, that's pretty much the long and short, but uh, Batman Returns is a fun movie. I, I say I put it just a slight notch above the Batman, but they're very different movies. I will say that. It's hard to believe that it's the same character to some extent. Um, Tim Burton and Matt Reeves have a very different vision on, on The Dark Knight. Okay, so now we're in movies that I consider to be, I consider all of these movies to be very, very, very good or great. Number four is Batman Begins. I really like this movie. I don't love it as much as I probably should. It's probably a better movie than The Dark Knight Rises. I completely understand how most people have that opinion, and they're probably right. For some reason... The Dark Knight Rises, which I'll say is number three. We'll talk about these at the same time here. Uh, that really connects and hits harder for me than Batman Begins does. Uh, I, I really love what Nolan did with the storytelling of Batman's origin story. Um, it's just a lot of Bruce Wayne. And that's one thing I got to give credit to some extent with the Batman. So the Batman is like 90% Batman, which is something I've always wanted from a Batman movie. But then when I got it, I don't know if I liked it as much because once again, go back to that word humanity again, but because we're only getting Batman, we're not seeing kind of Bruce Wayne. We're not seeing him as a human being. Uh, and I think you do need some of that. Um, Batman Begins is probably on the other side of that where maybe it's just too much, but I understand why. And I also think it's interesting to see that journey of how Bruce Wayne became Batman because we've all seen Bruce Wayne's parents get killed 10 million times and credit to the Batman. They don't show that in this movie, which is a plus for them, but we've seen that happen. So whether it be the TV show Gotham, whether it be in a good chunk of the movies I've mentioned already on this list, like we've just seen it happen so many times. Look, everyone going to a Batman movie now knows Batman's parents were murdered. We get it. Uh, we don't need to see that again. Uh, but not many, you know, we haven't seen it on film or even really in the comics. 
How does he then, Bruce Wayne after high school, excuse me, how does he become Batman? How does he get the training that he needs? How does he kind of, what is that journey about? And Batman Begins does a great job with that journey. I thought Liam Neeson was fantastic in that movie. Um, I think when he was in this part of his career where he's that mentor, uh, we saw it in Phantom Menace. That is great, Liam Neeson. I, I really enjoy when he's in that role. Not a huge fan of action star Liam Neeson, especially when he's almost 70, but whatever, 2004, whenever Batman Begins came out, that's a fun Liam Neeson. I just didn't love the Scarecrow. I don't think it was a very good villain. Katie Holmes, I don't know if she, that's great casting there. I understood why they did it in the time, but obviously they make it. They made a move with the Dark Knight. They had it be Maggie Gyllenhaal instead. This is maybe the most beautifully shot of the No One movie. Well, actually, the Dark Knight is so well shot. It's really good. Uh, fantastic movie. And said number three, Dark Knight Rises. I love how this is con the conclusion of this. I know it's stupid. I know it doesn't make any sense. I guess I'm kind of putting my heart above my brain here. I just really love that last shot of Christian Bale kind of giving it a little nod to Michael Caine's Alfred. Like, I buy all that. I buy the journey those two guys are on together during these three movies. Um, I love the villain of Bane. He's got this weird voice. He's, he's scary. I, I really enjoy that. I think Anne Hathaway makes a great Catwoman. Not a huge Anne Hathaway fan, but she's perfect as Catwoman. Um, I really, I really enjoy the movie. I don't love some of the callbacks, the Raz Al Ghul stuff, Marion Cotillard stuff I could probably do without. Uh, but all in all though, I do, I do like that movie. Like I said, the airplane stuff up top. I, that's, I probably like that more than I should, but that's, that's a, it's a great movie to me. I'm sorry. I will admit that's probably, I'm, I'm probably too much of a Batman fan to look at it from a, a critical point of view, but um, I think everyone has a blind spot and that's probably mine. Okay, these two movies are two of my absolute all-time favorites. Both are in my top 40 all-time. Number two is Batman. Uh, I did a, We did a Quantum Week on this as well. This is with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. I love this movie. I love this movie to an insane amount. Uh, it came out June 23rd, 1989. I was nine years old. I watched it four times in the movie theaters. I bought the VHS the day it came out. Um, it was the first VHS I ever bought. It's so wild and entertaining. Jack Nicholson as a Joker to me is he's such it's such brilliant casting. You have the amazing production design of Anton First, who died a couple years after this movie came out. The way Gotham looks is incredible. Now you can watch it now. Remember, this is before CGI, so you watch it now and you look at kind of Gotham streets and they look empty because it was all shot on sound stages. So it, you can't fill up an entire city with an actual like set. You need to do that with exteriors outside, but they didn't want to have the media or anyone catch. They didn't want to have the tabloids get shots of this movie. So they kept everything indoors. So because of that, it does Gotham city does feel closed in. It feels really interesting and, and Gothic, but then on the flip side, it feels bizarrely empty. It doesn't always quite work, but I mean, these are really, that's a really small nitpick. I really love this movie from beginning to end. I watched it at a drive-in in Maine a couple of years ago. Uh, I watched it again for quantum week last year. I never get tired of this movie. Michael Keaton is a great Batman. My favorite Batman is still Christian Bale, but Michael Keaton is maybe the best Bruce Wayne. Uh, and there's a lot of Bruce Wayne in this movie. Uh, if you're younger and you haven't seen this, check it out. Don't be kind of put off by the fact that it was made in the 80s. The pacing's really good. It's a, it's, it's such a strange movie. It'll keep your interest. And like J Joker is genuinely scary. Is he as scary as Heath Ledger in Dark Knight? No, he's not. But is he terrifying in his own way? He really is. Uh, I'm a little worried Jack Nicholson is starting to vanish from our zeitgeist a little bit as time goes on. Um, whether it be, even if it's a small thing like the Joker, like Heath Ledger does it better, you know, 20 years later. Okay. The Shining still is something people point to, and I think it's still a movie that's very much still watched regularly by people. 
But some of the other movies like Chinatown or some of his other classics, I don't know if those are movies that are being watched and talked about with the same ferocity as something like Godfather or Goodfellas, stuff that maybe keeps De Niro or Pacino still in our uh, in the front of our minds. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's also because Nicholson retired a decade ago. Uh, I don't know, but I feel like Nicholson's like vanishing before our eyes, and that, that kind of bumps me out. Number one, the best bad movie of all time, no surprise, The Dark Knight. Um, look, I mean, I'm not going to go too deep into this because uh, I'm sure most people will say this agree. Uh, Heath Ledger as the Joker is just, it's fantastic. And I talk about the humanity, and he certainly is not, he's an agent of chaos. He's almost inhuman, but he's also very funny, and he's wildly interesting, and he's captivating. And there's not a character like that in the Batman um, where you're entertained constantly by him. Now, I guess the closest thing is Colin Farrell's Penguin, but there's just not enough of him in this movie. And it's a probably, I'm, look, I understand there's only one Heath Ledger's the Joker. So to, to expect him to be something of that high quality in every Batman movie is unfair. But if you go through their movies, you know, Batman had Jack Nicholson. It had a very human Michael Keaton. Um, the Nolan movies, like I mentioned, we have, which is Fox. We have Alfred, you know, with Michael Keaton. We have, you know, really in characters that are warm. There's no warmth with the Batman. Uh, the Dark Knight, yes, Heath Ledger's character is not warm at all, but damn, he's not funny, entertaining. And then you also have the warmth of, once again, Morgan Freeman and, and Michael Caine, and it makes a huge difference. Um, Dark Knight is, it, it's, a, it's a perfect movie. It's so amazingly shot. It's it's a true it's a truly brilliant film. Um, not even a comic book or not even a Batman film, just on its own as a story. It is it is such a joy to watch. Uh, you can even like watch it with the sound off. Just like watch just the visuals. Just throw it on the TV and just have it on as you're doing laundry. And just look at like the pictures that fly by. And damn, if you're not entertained, um, it is just it is perfection. Uh, Dark Knight is an absolutely great, great, great movie. I'm guessing almost everyone listening to this has probably heard the Dark Knight or watched the Dark Knight. Excuse me. Uh, but if you haven't seen Michael Keaton uh, and T Tim Burton in the Batman the 1989 version, go check that out. I'd like to thank our sponsor for that top ten list. Uh, uh, sponsors JM37 Shop. JM37 Shop is an eBay store with tons of different media, including video games, tapes, and especially my favorite thing, movies. JM37 Shop has Blu-rays, DVDs, VHS tapes, and really hard to find items both in sealed condition as well as previously owned. You can find JM37 Shop by searching the name, all one word, JM37 Shop at on eBay or by clicking the link in the show notes. Um, so check those out. JM37 Shop has a wide variety of genres with everything from drama, comedies, cult classic, complete TV series, complete seasons of shows, and much, much more. Most items have free shipping. And during budget month, exclusively for Ad A Theater Near Me listeners, you can save 5% off any order with uh, promo code Theater Near Me. That's Theater, T-H-E-A-T-E-R, Near Me, and you can contact JM37Shop directly through eBay, or you can shoot him an email at jmullet37 at gmail.com. That's jmullet, mullet with two L's, two T's, 37 at gmail.com. The link to the store, once again, is in the show notes. Thank you again to JM37Shop on eBay for sponsoring that top 10 list. Okay, I know we're going along here, so let's wrap up the show here very quickly with these Oscar-nominated shorts. I went to Red River Theaters in Concord, New Hampshire, Strange with them again with the vaccination stuff. So they didn't check my vaccination card, but they were not selling concessions. Um, so I guess how it works over there is unless they are checking everyone's vaccination cards, they won't sell concessions. I guess the 
the mentality there is if you, you know, if you're eating concessions, you're taking your mask down, you're eating the concessions. So they don't, they want to make sure you have a vaccination uh, card before they do that. So for this, they didn't check my vax card, but um, no concessions, which was fine for budget month. Uh, I saw the five shorts. So the first one I'll mention is Robin Robin. Um, this is, this is for kids. The only one that's really for kids. This is on Netflix. It's about half an hour. If you're looking to have something, throw something on for your kids, this is worth it. Uh, I think this is pretty good. So it's called Robin Robin. It's, uh, it's from the UK. The animation's pretty cool. It's about a Robin that wants to be a mouse. Um, there's some cute little songs of sorts in there and it's something to throw on. It might give you something to root for when, during Oscar, uh, if you're watching the Oscars, you'll at least have seen one of the shorts. Uh, it's the longest of the five shorts and it was pretty decent. I, I, I didn't mind this at all. Um, the best one though is box ballet. This is out of Russia. Um, it's about a boxer and a ballerina, um, that meets the animation is one of the crudest, probably the second worst, I guess worst quote unquote an animation. Um, but the story is, is fantastic. This, that's more for adults and the other, so those two pop up and then there's a warning that came on the screen and said, you know, the next three shorts are ex explicitly for adults. Uh, and if you have any children, we recommend you take them out of the theater now and we'll give you time to take you out, take them out of the theater. So it was like a, a two minute pause. And then came the next three, which was a, a movie called a short called, excuse me, affairs of the heart. This was from the UK and Canada. And it's about this woman that wants to be an artist and she's talking about her sister. And when her sister was a kid, she tortured animals. And it's all kind of done with like a comedic slant. I just felt like it was pushing the envelope just because it's animation and they could. I don't think this was a particularly good story. The animation was terrible. I, I didn't really like that. The next one was uh, Bestia uh, out of Chile, which I guess is uh, means beast. This was very strange. It didn't really make any sense. Uh, it was uh, looked like it was all kind of part of a dream or at least this woman's journey into the afterlife. She has a pet dog. She also needs to cut this dog's head off. At one point, she murders people. It's very strange. Um, it was the weakest of the five. And the last one was out of Spain, although it was English language. It was called the windshield wiper. And that basically is just like, what does love mean? And it shows very quick uh, like scenes of people in love or people who loves some, somebody or something and kind of how they're dealing with that. But it's not really a story. It's just like quick, like four second four to 10 second shots of those people and then it moves on. So there's no real tale. You're just kind of seeing almost like paintings, if you will. The animation was interesting with that one. Uh, all in all, I give us, I guess a C plus. Uh, I don't know if I think the shorts were that great. I wouldn't recommend rushing out to seeing these. Um, if you can get box ballet, check that out. And Robin Robin is probably the second best. And I said, that's available. And if you're looking for something for your kids to watch at home, throw it on. It's not so bad. Uh, okay. I will be back on Tuesday with Goodfellas. I'm going to go see that at the Luna Theater uh, the day you're hearing this. Uh, and Hotel Transylvania, I believe it's Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania, um, which was on Amazon Prime. It just got released in theaters. So I'll be covering those two movies on Tuesday. Talk to you folks then.